It is Wednesday again, time for another episode of Lawyer Talk with the Blitz, ready to tune in with the Blitz. Here at the round table, we have Norm. Norm's been one of our regular guests, uh, filling in for Jared. We'll get to that in a second. We have Brett, as mostly usual, with Circle 270 Media. The ex-checker, well, he's out checking X's somewhere else, but he will be back soon, or at least uh, participate as he can. Uh, and we're going to tune in with the Blitz any moment now uh, to do the regular phone-in legal. Before that, though, uh, we do have to talk about something. Um, those of us, or those of you, rather, who have followed the show for years have gotten to know one of the prime reasons for our uh, international success here at Lawyer Talk, uh, Jared, businessman, uh, really, really sharp, astute guy, was in a motorcycle crash last week. He is in the hospital now. Um, we're all praying for him uh, daily, nightly, regularly. Um, it's, uh, it's been touch and go. He's got some pretty substantial injuries. Uh, but we got some good news yesterday uh, and hopefully more good news to come on his recovery I don't want to go into details because we want to uh, we want to keep some of that private. But uh, all any prayers for Jared uh, are most appreciated. Uh, he is uh, on the mend and hopefully back at the roundtable uh, soon enough. But uh, uh, it's just been a, it's been a struggle for him. It's been a struggle for us and his family and everybody else involved. Um, and then you know Norm, we were talking yesterday. Uh, was that yet or two days ago? Uh, we met for for uh, dinner and uh, we had you. Uh, we had this awesome idea of having you coming on in to. To, to help me out anchor the show. Well, I'm uh, really glad to be here under under terrible circumstances. Uh, so my my heart uh, is filled with uh, pain for my brother Jared. Um, I'm without going into details. Uh, I'm struggling with uh, some personal issues uh, the last three years, uh, uh, family issues that uh, you know I don't need to air here, but. Uh, uh, Jared and his wife and uh, Steve and uh, the crew here and and related friends have all been wonderful to me and it uh, it just uh, it hurts deeply to see somebody you love and care for uh, you know uh, beat up in an, in the hospital from uh, uh, any kind of uh, accident and uh, Jared's um, as as all of you out there uh, listening know you're you're his friends you're you're listening to him. Maybe you disagree with his opinions, and maybe you agree with his opinions. But to me, that doesn't have anything to do with friendship. Um, uh, I, I love people, whether they agree or disagree, and Jared's the same way. So uh, black, white, brown, yellow, man, woman, tranny, lesbian, gay, none of that matters to Jared. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to anybody on this broadcast. We love all people, and Jared... Uh, is the heart and soul of that attitude here at the show. So uh, I can't substitute for Jared. I can't sit in for him. There is nobody that can replace Jared. I I'm just here because uh, I care about the show and care about Steve, care about Jared and uh, Brett, and just want to be want to be helpful. Yeah. So thanks for having me. We know it'll be a speedy recovery. Yeah. We know yeah. it will be. He's we, strong. We, we, yeah. We He's a strong be. guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, by all rights, he almost shouldn't be here from before. You know, he's had a couple of close scares and he always fights back. He is a fighter. He is strong. Like you say, uh, he's a very spiritual guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, after he had another accident before, and if you, anybody goes back and listens to those Belinsky Chronicles, he talked about this. It was really hard. We we're all in tears at the table when he was talking about it, but you know, he, he, he's lived this promise and he made this promise and he's lived this promise. He, he, he said a prayer and he said, Lord, you know, 
um, get me through these problems in my life. And I will help anybody that ever knocks on my door. And he has. Yeah. He has. I mean, that was you know, 10, right. 12 years ago. And he's just that guy. Now, here's the secret. He did before, too. You know, it's like he always yeah. lived that way. Yeah. Right. But he's made a very intentional uh, mission in life to help anyone that he perceives he can help. And he does it. He does it to he, – he gives so much of himself away uh, to help people. It's almost – uh, his life is so full of things all the time, and most of it is to help other people do what they need to get done. At any rate, it looks like the uh, it looks like the blitz is about to tune in, so we're going to proceed. The show must go on, and uh, we're going to we're going to get it on right now with the blitz. Yo, hey, Steve Palmer, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. We have a couple of open lines right now. I know the lines were jammed for a second. So if you were trying to get through and you were getting a busy signal, uh, try again right now. 821-9970, 800-821-9970 or on text at 99700. So um, the question that we had uh, about Britney Spears, Steve Palmer, I know uh, the hard hitting topics here. So Britney Spears, her dad is stepping down as the conservator is what we're hearing. Is there any way that Britney Spears can bring any sort of like legal action against him now for being oppressive for so many years? Uh, I'm going to give you the big maybe on that. I think as a conservator, if you're in charge of somebody else's uh, life as he was, and then he abuses uh, his, his position or doesn't act in good faith or does things that would be only in his interest but not hers, I think there may be a cause of action. That's going to be something local to California law. But generally speaking, I would bet that there is a cause of action there. It's sort of like when you're a trustee of somebody's estate and you do things that aren't in the best interest of the estate itself. Um, yeah. There's probably a cause of action. Now, if his defense is going to be I was doing I was acting in good faith. I was acting reasonably and I was doing what I thought was necessary. Uh, so she might have a little bit of a hurdle there. Um, but, uh, she may, and you know, there's a family dynamic there. There's a lot of moving parts to that problem. I have no idea what their relationship is or even her mental health, but, uh, certainly it's something that if I know lawyers, lawyers are going to get involved in that and they're going to look at it because, uh, if there is a cause of action, there's probably money to be made. Now he decided yesterday to step down, which everyone's been begging and she's been begging for, you know, a few years. Would... Behind the scenes, this or could this happen? Like, be probable where he's like, "You sign this right here that you won't go after me in court, and I'll step down tomorrow." And we just don't know that happened. And so he came out Some in front kind of, of everyone. Closed door. Yeah, he comes out in front of everyone. You know, to get a, to get ahead of it. Yeah, that happens all the time. That's just a settlement agreement, okay. and often they are not publicized. Often they are, in fact, by court order. There's gag orders on them, so you're not allowed to talk about it. I've been in litigation that way, and and most attorneys have experienced that in uh, some form or another. And you know, we may. It's all about uh, it's basic contract. I agree to do this. You agree to do that. And here's the consideration for that agreement. And uh, we're off to the races. So it could be that there is not only just an agreement not to sue. There could have been a settlement. He could have given money back. Uh, he could have uh, made other concessions. So that's interesting. He could have given money back just to say, "Don't sue me. I'll step down right now." Well, in this, maybe let's take it away from that for a second. Anytime I get this all the time. Hey, you're an attorney. Can you write a letter for me? I think I got ripped off by this car dealer. And let's say I agree with them. I sent a letter, and the case gets settled. They they agree to pay some damages. I send them a uh, settlement agreement. They sign it. We all agree not to sue each other and hold everybody harmless, so to speak. And uh, nobody ever is the wiser about it. I've been paid or my client's been paid. The dealership uh, has nothing more to worry about with that lawsuit and it's settled. Yeah. 
I, I do have uh, one other question before we get to the listeners, which uh, one open line right now, 821-9970 or 800-821-9970. Today, the young man who will be buried here in Ohio that uh, was from Ohio, lost his life in Afghanistan. His body returns today. Do you see any course of action that these families have against the United States government? Probably not. Um, you know, there's when you become a soldier for the United States government, you're giving up a lot of your rights. I mean, it's a huge responsibility. It's a huge commitment. It's a very honorable commitment. And it's a shame, I think. And I think everybody thinks most people would agree. It's a shame that these people lost or these soldiers lost their lives uh, as a result of this. And I think there's a lot of us that would say it was um, mostly prevent or maybe probably preventable, if not completely yeah. preventable. Um, so is, does that create a cause of action for a soldier or their families? Probably not. Um, and then it, it, statutorily, it's probably prohibited. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a settlement or something happens out of the VA or, you know, I don't know that area of the law very well, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's going to be some compensation coming their way. All right. We do have Joe on the phone right now. Uh, Joe, you have a question for Steve? I do. Steve, a uh, quick question. Um, to do with like a cash app. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Sure. That. Um, so we had a cash app set up and uh, I put some money on like a FanDuel account uh, or something like that. It was DraftKings. Okay. Um, and they ended up shutting our account down and seizing uh, a little over $3,000 um, said that that was in their rights to take our money because um, it was against their violation of their procedures or whatever. All right. So what I think you're asking here is that you had a you had a cash app account. It was you were using it for DraftKings, which I believe is what online betting for uh, sports books type stuff. And fantasy football, yeah, yeah. And they um, and they've shut down your account and kept your money. Uh, first of all, I don't think they can just do that for no reason. They're going to have to have a reason. Secondly, if the reason they state is not something that was spelled out in the contractual relationship with Cash App and or DraftKings, I think they may have a problem there. Um, and then I guess that is the next question or that, that sort of demands the next question is why did they do it? What is the allegation? And is it true? If it is true, does it violate the rules? And those are questions that you've got to dig into. Uh, usually this is going to come down to that really small print acknowledgement that you clicked, I agree, or that you signed, I agree, whatever it would be. Mostly it's clicking these days. Um, and most of us don't read it. I included, I, I hardly ever read all those fine waivers and everything else. I figure, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> I I figure, well, I'm going to do it anyway. So what's it matter? You know? Right. Uh, so that's right. where I would start. I would start with reading the fine print and then I would demand I use that word only in a in a technical sense. I would ask rather for a explanation in writing as to why they are keeping your money and why they shut down your account. Get it in writing, ask for it, and that way you understand the rules of play. You know what they're saying that you did, and then if they don't in the context of that reply tell you why they're keeping it, then you can ask for that. Say, "Well, how does this violate my po or your policy?" Um and you know, it's 3000. I it's nothing to sneeze at. I appreciate that. Um, you're also in that, that sort of no man's land, I call it, where it's almost not enough money to spend a few grand on a lawyer to get some help, yet it's still a lot of money where you want to pursue it. So uh, I would uh, start with finding out why they're keeping it and uh, make them explain it. 
Okay. Sounds great. So Thanks, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the information and the help. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Hey, so one of our uh, listeners, Goose, who texts in all the time, he wants to know uh, if you're following the situation with uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Steve, where Joe Rogan was prescribed ivermectin and CNN, as soon as uh, he released a video saying that he was on ivermectin and the uh, monoclonal uh, colonial, uh, antibodies, Z-Pak, uh, Predizone, all kinds of stuff that he was on, uh, vitamin drip. Can he sue CNN for railing against him for using ivermectin and, and making him look like a fool in front of the country? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, first I could debate whether he looked like a fool in front of the country because didn't he recover in like three days? No, like four days. But I mean, like, I agree with you, but more from like a slander standpoint. Yeah. Is it, is it libel or is it slander or defamation? Here's the problem with this. Um, from Rogan's standpoint, he's a public figure. And, um, you know, that that he puts himself out there in a way that we do not. So slandering somebody who's a public figure, that's a more difficult lawsuit for the public figure to come back and, and bring. Um, and to some extent, Joe Rogan has opened the door for this. I, this is, this is Steve Palmer's analysis. It's not necessarily the law. That's not a, that's not a technical term, but he opened the door for it a little bit when he came out and said, listen, you know, vaccines are what they are. Uh, if you feel protected by one, go get one. I'm not, not everybody should be forced to get one. And I happen to agree with Joe on that. Um, but uh, so he's out there in the public uh, engaged in that debate. Uh, so here's what I think usually happens in these situations is Rogan is probably going to make out better as a result of this publicity. And um, it, it's only going to increase his support, I think. Could he sue? He might be able to. Um, it, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would have to see the particulars of what was said and really dig into it. But I know that public figures rarely have success in such lawsuits because of uh, their status and being in the public domain. Yeah, I happen to agree with you. I think he's, he's come out looking like a million dollars. I mean, he came out looking correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they look the opposite. Hey, so Nikki's on the phone right now. Steve, uh, Nikki has a question for you. Nikki, what's up? Hey, hi guys. Hi, hi Steve. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I have an Alzheimer's patient that I have taken care of for nearly 15 years now. Um, she does happen to be quite financially wealthy. Um, and we have a lawyer that takes care of all of her financials. Um, the unfortunate part is he's not doing his job. We are getting um, disconnection notices for utilities, um, just a lot of things that, that he's not doing. And I was just curious if you had had any advice on, on what to do in regards of this. You know, this is, uh, it's interesting because we were talking about Britney Spears and her conservatorship earlier. Yeah. And uh, right. th this is sort of in that same vein. He's got a duty of, uh, he's got to operate in good faith. Uh, he's going to have to do his job that he's been hired to do. I'm almost certain that he'd be, be that he's being paid to do it. Uh, and then, absolutely. and if he's not doing the things he's supposed to do, and you can establish that he's not doing the things he's supposed to do, then I, I don't practice in this area of law. And I'll give you a name here in a second of a guy who does, but you got to get him out of there. And there's going to be a process and a practice or some, some means to do it. And it's going to involve probate court. It's going to involve whoever made the appointment, uh, uh, to begin with. And uh, the question is going to be, uh, whose job is it? Who has standing to push that? 
And uh, if there's a conservatorship, I guess it's already there. You know, the court's already involved in that, and that's got its a life of its own. Um, but to really dissect this, you got to call a guy. I talked to him yesterday about my own personal uh, estate planning and wills and trust, et cetera. Jay Michael, he's awesome. 614-443-6262. Um, he would be the guy that I would call if uh, I needed an answer to this question. And, uh, you know, oh, that's you, perfect. Yeah, okay. call Jay, tell him you heard it right here on the Blitz with uh, Steve Palmer. He'll be thrilled that you called. Okay, I most certainly will. I appreciate your time so much. Hey, thank you. So nice, Nikki. Yeah. Hey, so Steve, I want to play something for you before you go. Uh, and this is uh, this is going out to the Taliban. A great choice on your all male Afghan government that you just created from the uh, the two top terrorists that well, oops, we released. But yeah, they they went right back to work uh, doing exactly what they were doing. Now, uh, top officials in the Taliban. And we, we have a little Loper and Randy original here, Steve, and I'd like you to be a part of it. I'd love to. The United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of al-Qaeda. All right, everybody, gather around. The Taliban is here. What kind of towels you want? Holiday in, comfort in, the rabbit in, anything you want. You've come to the right place, guys, because they're the Taliban. Terrorist who's responsible for the murder of thousands. Who tried to hide Bin Laden. Who shot him in the face. Shot him in the face. They hit him in the desert in some Pakistani place. The Taliban. The Taliban. Oh, the Taliban can. The Taliban can. The Taliban can cause they do it in the sand that makes their balls feel good. It makes their balls feel good. Who can take tomorrow? Who can take tomorrow? End it all today. End it all today. Get lonely in the desert and pretend that they're not gay. The Taliban. The Taliban. The Taliban can. The Taliban can. The Taliban can cause they do it in the sand. It makes their balls feel Feel good. It makes the ball feel good. The Taliban hates these United States. Terrifying and suspicious. I talk about your bearded jockeys. You can't even call them vicious. So his demise should be welcomed by all who believe in peace and human dignity. Oh, who can take a donkey? Poke it in the ass. Poke it in the ass. Try to hump a camel, but only give it gas. The Taliban. The Taliban. All the Taliban can. The Taliban can. Today's achievement is a testament to the greatness of our country. I just wanted you to be a part of that for a second, Steve. So uh, carry on about your day. Thanks for being on the show. And and thank you so much. I love being a part of that. That's awesome, guys. (laughs) Steve Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, my attorney could be yours. All right. So there's uh, there's the blitz. Um, You know, it's been a couple weeks, but great stuff. I got to tell you guys, it was... um, The questions are getting better and better again. You can tell we're back in the. uh, You can tell we're back in the swing of things. The full uh, swing. I know. You can tell we're. uh, You you can tell that life is going on. I would love to see Britney Spears kind of go away though quickly. Yeah, this is getting old. Oh my god, this horse is getting old. (laughs) It is, but I I sort of like that stuff because it introduces the public to interesting legal stuff. That is otherwise confusing. So if you go to anybody and say what's a conservatorship like ten years ago, they'd be like. 
What are you talking about? Yeah. And now right. they think, well, Britney. Okay. Isn't that what Britney went through? <laughs> That's it's like, true. yeah. That's true. And, and you know, there's a, um, the conceptual stuff that we kicked around there, sort of, it, it's like it applies to so many things, like your, your duty of good faith. You have a fiduciary duty to, um, uh, to, to do the right thing if you're over or if you're, if you're a trustee over somebody's assets or you're a conservator over somebody's <sighs> life or you've got um, that kind of role. And, you know, it's just sort of interesting. I, yeah. I, 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 I've yeah. always said this. I, I went to law school um, and fell in love with the law, not because it's great to practice law, but because it just reflects so much of society, of what's going on. And I don't know if it's downstream or upstream from society, but it's there somewhere. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit downstream. Society happens and the law changes slowly. And uh, and then maybe the law does something a little bit too aggressive. And then society changes and result. It's just a, it's like a pivot point for for what's going on socially so often. But anyway, that's, that's Brittany. I mean, and then Afghanistan, boy, that, that, that just is, um, yeah. I, I hesitate to even talk, talk more about it cause we could go, we could go, but, uh, it just is, um, there isn't going to be a cause of action. There'll probably be a settlement of some sort. I don't know. Norm, what do you think? Well, I think it's possible that, um, they, they probably will come up with some sort of honorarium, if you want to call it that, or some kind of uh, benefit. Yeah. I know that under, I believe it was under Bush, the, the second, that the death benefit for widows and, um, and orphans for the military was increased by, it was, an, it, 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 it was a, a huge percentage increase, but it was from such a low dollar amount. I think we were paying widows something on the order of fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars uh up until uh Bush increased it to I believe they tripled it or yeah. maybe quadrupled it. But I mean that's still a pittance. Still pittance. I mean it's yeah. it's it's nothing. So really I think it's it's the private sector that has stepped in yeah. with things like tunnels to tower and you know where you know a wife with little kids of of or a husband in the case of that um, that that lady, um, although I don't think they had kids, but um, she was married to a marine, and if if they did have kids, and and he was a widower, um, I, the tunnels to tower, from what I understand, will provide for uh, a mortgage free house yeah. uh, in the case of a family with uh, young children. Which, I mean, the government's not going to do anything like that. No, and I don't think the government should do anything like that. So I I, I do. Well, the problem is they, see, I mean, the slippery slope, right? Once you start. Why did we do that for people working at brokerage houses in the World Trade Center? See, I mean, I I don't understand the 9-11 Victims Fund philosophy. So, So the Murrah building in Oklahoma City was blown up. There was nothing for the victims of, of, of that bombing. And, and that was a terrorist bombing, uh, Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. Um, but yet for nine 11, I, I don't know. Was it a New York city thing? I, I don't Here, know what, here's what's interesting. What, there is a movie. I just watched it. What's that all about? I, what? I, I didn't finish. I fell asleep. There's a movie. It's Michael Keaton and he plays a lawyer. Oh yeah. And it's called worth. It's on Netflix. Worth. worth. Right. And this guy, he's a civil litigator in uh, personal injury law, and he's just got a knack of negotiating whatever. Yeah. Um, and they, I'm sure they drama- dramatized, dramatized it. Yeah. Yes, sir. But here's what the movie portrayed. I have no idea if it's true, but I, here's what the movie portrayed. They 
um, the airlines all went to the government, so Congress, their reps, and said, we are about to get the pants suit off of us. And if that happens, we're going to go bankrupt. It's going to kill the economy because there will be no transportation. It's going to be this whole parade of horribles. Now, I don't agree with any of that. I think it wouldn't... I, you know, I happen to believe in the in the system that it, it'll correct itself. Yeah. But they um, they complained, and this is what the nine eleven fund, or this is what caused or, or gave the impetus for the nine eleven fund, and that was uh, uh, it was uh, basically structured liability and payouts. And the, the, like in the movie, they're saying we want it doesn't it's not successful unless you sign up eighty percent of the people. And it, they, I didn't finish it. I I, I got yeah. tired and fell asleep. I'll finish it tonight, but. Uh, there's this scene early on where Michael Keaton is giving this um, uh, seminar presentation live to people uh, talking about it. And, and you can just hear the, quote, equity arguments. It's like there's – but, you know, my, my loved one was a fireman. Why is he worth any less or more than this person who all he did was look at a screen and push stocks all day? And then why can't um, – you know, why can't my police officer get more? Uh, you know, it's like, how are you valuing life based on how much somebody made in life, how, based on what their life was worth to their family, based on life, uh, what's That's your a, version yeah. of it? Um, That's it, a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, different jobs. Uh, you and you, I mean, you, you see that in car, car accident cases. So there'll be an infant in the back seat that's, that gets killed and uh, a wage earner in the front seat that gets killed. And the, the amount obviously for the infant is far less and people would are they're like well wait a minute that human being hasn't even started life yet i mean their potential is unknown it's it it, it, it they would live maybe to be 80 or 85 or 90 years you know actuarially um so so why would you not give say 2 million dollars for the life of the infant um instead of you know Fifty thousand yeah. dollars, and 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 th- these are really cruel realities to to have to explain to people that well, the income earner has a track record yeah. of 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 what that person's earning potential or earning present earning ability uh, is as of the time of death. Yeah, actuaries and actuary tables. It's a cruel, cruel. It's a, it's a, it's a cruel, cruel thing. It's a cruel thing. Now, here's the other interesting thing, and that is this. Um, the, in the opening scene of that movie, uh, Michael Keaton was a law professor, and he spoke with this heavy New York accent, but I, I don't think he did it very well. But anyway, it was a, it was a New York accent, but he was like, what's a life worth? What is life worth? He writes on the chalkboard. And then he invents a, a lawsuit where some guy's uh, family from Wichita, he's dating a girl, and a girl's dad died on a tractor uh, because of a product liability. And then he makes the other students, you've been in law school, Norm, you know how that goes. Sure. Oh, Three right. million. Um, and... and the first thing I thought in my head, and I looked over at my wife, we were watching this together, and I didn't say it because, you know, lawyers, she won't hear my, my <laughs> nonsense. But I was like, your life is worth however much insurance they have. And, you know, that's, that is the reality. So it, there, it's not only that some lives would be deemed more valuable than others, it is that nobody uh, gets a penny if there's no pennies to be had. Yeah. Um, and this was the problem, I think, that the airlines were raising. It's like, we're going to go bankrupt. We can't pay all these lawsuits off. We need the government to do it. And, you know, I, I get it. If you just take a snapshot of that problem in time, that may be true. And ultimately, it may have been true that because of this government settlement, people got money they never would have. You know, because if the bank, if the airlines go bankrupt and they can't pay off all the lawsuits, well, then 
whatever. But then what happens next time? Yeah. So say the bank, uh, the airlines go bankrupt. Well, guess what? Next time they're going to have coverage and they're going to have, they're going to have the ability to deal with these lawsuits instead of an artificial, um, uh, artificial government takeover of that. Yeah. So now the government had to decide. And as soon as the government decides, they have to do so with uh, due process, with equal protection. They have to do it equally. And it gets really difficult to do that if you're going to use the constitutional standards. And you know what else is worse? I've been, you've been up to the memorial, I'm sure. And, you know, there's people now dying of cancer and dying of, uh, it's, it's, it's known. People are dropping like flies because of the stuff they inhaled uh, at or around that, those buildings. And they didn't get paid anything. You know, there's no funds for that. They, yeah. you know, that, they didn't settle back then. Right. And uh, they were left out of the settlements. And, you know, you're, they're going to criticize the government. They're going to criticize uh, anybody who is involved in that. So, Well, we, we created a terrible precedent, in my opinion. Um, I like your I like your example of the firemen. OK, so let's let's if you don't mind me rolling this out. So let's let's take a fireman, one of the 343 that died in 9-11. Yep. OK, heroes, every one of them. They were all men, by the way. There were no women. And um, what bothers me about this is, and, and I don't begrudge the idea that they get, those families get compensation. What, I, what I'm bothered by, just like we were talking about the inequity of, of charging and handling criminal crime, uh, criminal cases, uh, you know, motivated by, a certain animus versus another animus. I, what bothers me about the 9-11 settlement fund and the, and, the, and the guy that was in charge at dispensing the money is that the same fireman on the same day could have responded to a fire at a, at a shoe store down the street and died there. Mm-hmm. No 9-11 fund, no, right. nothing, you know, nothing beyond the normal compensation and death benefits uh, of, of whatever a fireman in New York City would get. Um, and so I have to say, you know, it, it, okay, so, so there was a, a, a spouse somewhere in, in, a, in a family that lost a daddy or a mommy at uh, Oppenheimer Fund in, in the World Trade Center. Um, that is truly tragic, and, and I'm not brushing anything of, of this off. But if that same mom or dad had died in a car accident the, on the same day, n- it, nothing would have happened. It's 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 still a tragedy for that family. It it it's it's like these declarations of disaster when a hurricane or a tornado destroys something, and I guess because of the largeness of the event. The government swoops in, declares you know it sends FEMA, does all these. Sure. Out of the largesse of of us taxpayers, does all this stuff for these people, but up, up in Utica, Ohio, if a if a farmer loses his house in a barn and he's the only victim of that tornado, there's no disaster area. The Governor Dewine's not going to call President Biden and say, "Would you would you declare us a federal disaster area because Farmer Jones lost his house?" lost his barn. So he doesn't get any special loan treatment. He doesn't get big checks in the mail. Uh, he might get the Red Cross to come out and help him for a day. 
But it's just as tragic for that family yes. as it would be if there were 8,000 victims all across Licking County that lost their homes. Yeah, it was still, I don't understand the not, I don't understand the proportionality. Right. So, so would the airlines have legitimately been sued? I mean, that was an act of war. Uh, or, maybe so, and their and their liabilities in a crash is limited too. I mean, because because that Under just sounds like law. it feels like a yeah. domino effect, and this is probably apropos twenty years later. I mean, oh yeah, we're, I mean, we're gonna you go you if Delta but, crashes a plane or or American Airlines or whoever, there there is a limit. Is it they got some limits? Oh like yeah, statutory limits uh, absolutely. So, yes, and, and that's, that there are statutory. That's, that's what I thought. Oh, for, which, which for I sure. don't agree with. I don't agree with at all. I don't think there yeah. should be statutory limits. Yeah. And the reason I don't think so is because it just if you play it out, if if you really sort of just play out all the consequences mm-hmm. of that, yeah, it looks good at that time, but because there's. Uh, statutory limits, and everybody just knows they get that limit, and they file lawsuits because they know they're going to get the limit. But what if they didn't think they were going to recover at all? What we call that is liquidated damages. So if you go down in a plane, you're going to get a check, and it's liquidated damages, and they'll just pay it. Um, That's but right. if there were no negligence, if it were an act of God, if it were uh, something that uh, the airline did not do wrong, then they shouldn't have to pay anything. Um, right. right. It's like right. it's like it's like I go into Chase Bank right. and a guy comes in to rob the bank and he shoots a couple customers, maybe takes me out. Yeah. Um, that's not Chase's fault. It's not Chase unless you can establish that it is somehow. So if, yeah. if Chase had a duty of security that they breached and as a result of that, that you can link up sure. or your, your estate right. could link up right. that uh, there's negligence, then they should be responsible. What you've done is you've taken that part of it out of the equation and you've jumped to the end. Like, how much do I get? And right. the problem is, because of years of that kind of policy, when 9-11 did happen, they knew that they were going to get jacked. They knew the lawsuits were coming because they, 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 there's been precedent set that sort of skipped over, I'm guessing, by the way, but sort of skipped over the negligence part of it and uh, jumped right to the settlement part. And they're like, look, we're all going to get sued. We're all going to go bankrupt, even on legal fees alone. And my response is, well, shame on you then for not being ready if you're, if you're not negligent. Then don't worry about it. You got to you got to fight it and pay it off. Uh, do whatever. And if you go bankrupt, then that's a that's a cost of doing business. Um, on the other hand, you've you've derived the benefit for lots of years. You know of, of this sort of liquidated right. uh, damage clause stuff or limited damages, etc. And now it's even worse because the government stepped in and fixed this one thing. So because you tweaked it here, it create it's out of tweak so to speak everywhere else yeah. unless the lawsuit would the lawsuits would show that they were negligent they the airlines knew these dudes were on they had this stuff on them if the if the Maybe, airlines negligently but per, but there, you never so heard many, that though so no. there, then and we should we should go through this i mean it, common law meaning what it used to be when the people were in control to prove negligence you had to have a duty that was breached or uh, a duty to do something you didn't do, or you took it on and did it wrong. Um, so a duty. And, you know, that may be that uh, they had a duty to screen everybody for guns. Um, you have to have a breach of the duty. Um, and then you have to have something called causation. That's that's really, that means that because you breached the duty, you caused the injury. And that doesn't mean but for. There's two types of causation. You have something called but for causation. If I wouldn't have, you know, if I throw this pen and it hits you, um, it wouldn't have hit you except for I threw the pen. Um, and that's easy. But it gets harder. Uh, the old case is, uh, what, Paul's graph. You know, it's like there's a guy who's, who flicks his cigarette butt on the ground, uh, and then that lights up something. A train goes by, blows the lit 
paper into something or onto like a, a trailer or something. And I, I'm butchering it facts, but yeah. And then it caused a fire on the back of a train or something. And that caused damage. You know, it's like when I flicked that cigarette, but for the fact that I flicked it, none of that would have happened, but there's no way I could have ever foreseen that happening as a result of flicking that cigarette. Right. right. So in negligence law and in, in, in injury law, they bake in uh, proximate cause. So it's not just logical cause. It's got to be proximately uh, it's got approximately result, meaning I force, I, had the, I should have foreseen it in some way. So, you know, if I put out a booby trap in my driveway that uh, is designed to spring, if somebody walks by, it's like, well, I can foresee all sorts of bad things there, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. Um, but, right. you know, if I... It, and including some good things, and maybe, maybe some good maybe. things. Maybe, yeah. 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 You know, it's like if, it, so. Proximate cause is the uh, is the is sort of the limiting concept on liability, yeah. and that's gone. That goes out the window conceptually and philosophically if you start having government meddling in the damages, because it, proximate cause is not doing its job if the government is subsidizing the, the payout. But you know yeah. what 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 is so outrageous about nine eleven about that that whole thing is is in response to the citizens being killed by those acts of terrorism we we've got you know we've got young lance corporals like Ryan Miller from Gahanna going joining the military in direct response to 9/11 yep going overseas getting injured or killed Lots of Ryan Millers, and there's no 9/11 compensation fund for those guys. None by the government. None. There, there's that silly little George Bush increase in the death benefit that they did. Well, you know, f- great. I'm glad President Bush did that. Whatever it is now, it's double or triple or quadruple what it used to be. Whatever pathetic amount sure. it used to be, but what? what we we say all those people in those World Trade buildings were heroes. They 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 were victims. They the, the firemen who were responding were heroes, and some of the civilians that that tried to save lives and did save lives. Those people are heroes. Other people were just victims, and I and I don't say that their lives are worth less or or whatever. But when a young man or a young woman volunteers in response to that tragedy, to that horror, to the terrorism. They go over, they give their life at age 22, 23, and they're gone forever. Sure. Now, let's push back. It's out of of all proportion. Let's Mm -hmm. push back. What the real problem here is treating them all the same. Um, And then you have to get, so you really come down to choices. You either treat them all based on somebody's subjective, uh, maybe based on some reasonable external criteria, but it's really a subjective choice or you treat them all the same and give them all the same money or you do nothing. I'm in the do nothing camp and I, and I, I I'm in the do nothing camp. I understand that probably their life insurance policies were not going to pay them because they died from an act of terrorism. Yep. So those, so the, the traders for Oppenheimer, whoever the heck, you know, was the, the diamond companies and all the other, you know, all the other high end financial you know, and, 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 uh, merchandising kinds of businesses that were comprised most of what was in the WTC, those people's life insurance policies, I'm guessing would not pay. I don't know. 
Well, probably not. Probably and that not. was and that was probably some of the logic that they were coming up with uh, that well, gosh, we got to take care of these people somehow. Well, hey, you know, that's why wait, is wait, their wait, life any different than yours? Well, if we you didn't got do today. We did know? nothing right. of the kind when Pearl Harbor was struck. Right. And or, or the or the shoe shop that was two two blocks away from WTC. Exactly. That was demolished. Right. They did didn't they get, get anything, a check? They didn't get anything either. Probably no. not. And, and, and we were totally swept up in emotion those well, the people, weeks, the people in you know, the dance the, club in Miami, yeah. they were blown right. up by that yeah. terrorist. Right. You know, they didn't get anything. They, they get oh. their club replaced. And, you know, it's... Um, their life insurance probably didn't pay. That was an act of terrorism. And, and you know, the guy here, um, um, Yanni, I think his name, the, the guy who had the restaurant over in Gehanna. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yeah, he didn't... His, his insurance denied it um, because he didn't have terrorism insurance. Yeah, you know? right. And uh, that was just one of those things that... Uh, uh, that was a fact. You know? Right. It's but like, if a tornado hit uh, North Hamilton Road he, and wiped out the mire, the the Home Depot, the, you know, all, all the restaurants and all that up there, well, then there would have been a federal disaster declaration and he would have been compensated. And, and it's bizarre to me. And here's the problem with the federal disaster stuff. Um, when, when the federal government declares an emergency, it is not doing so just to make everybody feel good that there's an emergency. What that does is it triggers... Uh, a power grab for the ability to exercise federal power that wouldn't otherwise exist. And this is all, this all goes back to the administrative state and we're, we're in it right now. I mean, that's what the pandemic is. If you have an emergency uh, declaration, then in theory, these, uh, the dark state, the, the administrative agencies get to do stuff they couldn't otherwise do. The executive branch gets to declare an emergency and then go do things. Um, and that's the problem with it. It becomes very political. So if I declare an emergency, and Trump did it, Obama did it, and Biden has driven a truck through it through executive orders, if you declare an emergency and then start uh, cranking out the orders based on the emergency, it can get really corrupt really fast. Yeah. So I'm going to declare an emergency because I'm going to take care of all these wealthy uh, beach homeowners on the coast because they got hit by a hurricane. And not only that, I'm going to criticize everybody. I'm going to criticize the other political regime for not doing this and not taking care of these people who lost everything because they didn't uh, declare an emergency. It's like that's what starts to happen. And then, you know, if you read into that particularly, this is after uh, uh, Katrina, they, FEMA comes in, they clear something, they have all this, all these money, all the government uh, subsidies now, et cetera, et cetera. So now all in place, that's never going to happen again. The federal government's going to fix it. And, and here's what it is. Like, if you look at the catastrophic loss by hurricanes now, the numbers are almost off the charts. The, the billions of dollars of damage because of hurricanes is off the charts. And it's not because the wind blows harder. No. It's because the buildings are more expensive. And they're getting, they're getting uh, leveled every time a hurricane comes. So right. the cost to replace it goes up. And the reason they're building those big, expensive, multi-level houses now is because it's subsidized. Right? Exactly. They, they, like, I you can, always get right. more of right. what you subsidize. Right. So it, like in the old days, there was a reason they built shacks on the beach. So I'm going to go get a little beach house. I'm going to get my own little beach cottage, they call them. I'm going to get a beach cottage. And it was literally a cottage. Now they're multi-level luxury places. Now, nobody in their right mind would spend $3 million building a multi-level luxury house Right on the beach, they could hit be gone by a in ten years. Every two years, yeah, because you're yeah. not the insurance would be exorbitant. It would, it would, you couldn't do it. But after the government started to subsidize that, um, because of what a great political intent, 
you know, we're going to take care of these people who lost their houses. Well, now the wealthy people from the East or wherever are building these enormous houses. Internationally. And they get internationally, yeah, they're building these enormous houses. They're making a mint on them, renting them. And when they get destroyed, guess what? The government replaces it. (laughs) It's like the government forced insurance down everybody's throat. So now uh, your insurance costs more because now the government is mandating insurance companies and they're they're forcing uh, coverage. And, you know, what does it do? This is the classic, right? It's always we were talking about this before we got in the air. It's like you, you legislate and all these policies, they're they're judged not on their outcome but by their intent. And you know their intent is noble. I can't argue with that. But the outcome is human nature, and human nature is just what it is. I mean, what am I going to do if I know that I can build a house there and I'm not worried about it getting destroyed? I'm going to build a bigger house, and then I'm going to say, how can I make money? And then I'm going to say, well, why don't I get two houses? And if it gets destroyed, what do I care? That's off my plate of concerns now. And uh, you know, and then the other side would say, well, that's just not – you're an evil person. So now we need more government to, to tamp down on, on, uh, on that decision-making process. So you're only allowed to build a house of a certain size. Well, then guess what happens? The property values in California go through the roof and we get the 2008 housing crisis. I mean it's just like it snowballs in ways that people sure. never, ever, ever yeah. uh, think about. Yeah, well, I mean a good example where I grew up where my family is – very agriculture, but there must have been a new tax law come through that if you build what's called a shouse, it's a combination of house and shed. A shouse. Okay. A shouse. So a percentage of that house needs to be part of your business. So now you've got tons of these barn houses coming up mm-hmm. because of the tax credit. Great, though. I mean, I don't blame him. If it's part of it, do it. If that's what you take want. Take advantage of it. You yeah, bet. Take advantage of it. But you know it's going to get tamped down somehow. I mean, well, it's, it's just that yin and yang of it. It's like, okay, great, everybody's building them, but it's like, but are you truly dedicating a portion of the house to your business, agriculture, basically? So you're 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 pulling in the tractor into the house. <laughs> sure, and then <laughs> Next on top, to, which of it, is, is a million dollar mansion, right? So it could very well be. It's, it's just a weird play, and you wonder <laughs> of all this stuff. It, it's a delicate balance. I actually, it may not be so delicate. It's like, what happens if the government does nothing? I mean, really, are, are the people that were dumb enough to build a million-dollar house on the beach going to do it again? Yeah, quit paying farmers not to grow things. Right. Like, yeah, what would happen? That's, that's be, just yeah. nonsense. It would be a pain. It's hard to jump off the train once you're on it, but it would be yeah. a painful reset. Because now you got too many organizations on that. For example, I'm sure Florida's visitation, the, the travel bureau stuff. It's like, no, 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 we want the million dollars along the beach because that's bigger traction than sure. shanties. So what would, Sure. I mean, I get it. And they're artificially, you know, dredging sand up and moving it around and, and who's putting it that? in crazy yeah. places just to, to please the beach, you know, crowd. Right. right. And it's like, well. Short-term gain, basically. Short-term gain. It's short-term all going to get gain. washed away. It's all going to get washed away. Yeah. And they're not going to blame when they start judging hurricanes by dollar of damages they're saying no well that's climate change climate change (laughs) and you know Mm -hmm. i'm not going to get into whether that's true or not but you sure better be able to back out of that how much money was spent on the first house the second and the third and the fourth and watch those dollars go up and then you know you certainly have to also bake into it um replacement cost today versus replacement cost two years ago sure. before uh the inflation has taken off sure. and you know it's like you could have bought like to replace that house today with the cost of lumber it's gone down a little bit would be twice as much as it would have been five years ago so 
those are factors that nobody ever backs out of the equation when they start no. talking about that stuff. And then when you ask them those questions, it's always a, well, yeah, I mean, whatever. Sure. And I always ask those in, in a certain way. It's like, I would want to know. I wonder what that house cost the first time they built it and the second time they built mm-hmm. it. Same house. Yeah. And how many times have they rebuilt it? And how many times they built it? As well, too. It's like, why do you keep building there? I, th- I do believe on the hurricane coverage that there are no more commercial insurers left that basically you buy your flood insurance, your your bad weather insurance, if if you will, uh, you, that is directly sold to you now or coordinated by the federal government. I know it started with a mandate that insurance companies had to cover yeah. hurricanes and et cetera. So yeah. they're like, all right, well, guess what? If they write those policies, but they've, they, out they, they, yeah. they're out of it. Yeah. yeah. So now it's just a takeover. Like nationwide insurance. I don't believe that they, they'll even write a uh, homeowner insurance yeah. in certain areas of Florida. And it immediately they're caused done. an increase in rates for everybody else sure. on your house here in Ohio. Right. Why? Well, you yeah, know, it's sure. like we got to cover this somehow. Right. You right. Know? So it's like this, you know, I remember my dad and I was, my dad's this sort of, <laughs> I don't want to call him a robot, but he's very direct about things. Sure. And, and he would say, what kind of dummy would build a city below sea level? Sure. Talking about New Orleans, you know, and, you know, it's like, then the other side, you know, well, you know, what's culture, it's this, it's that. And he's like, I get it, but look, what do you think is going to happen? Steve, do you, do you happen to live near a creek, river, or a pond, lake, or any, uh, do you have a body of water anywhere near your house? Not anymore, but I have. Okay. So I do. Okay, so I have Raccoon Creek running through my property. Raccoon Creek uh, feeds the Licking River, um, and, you know, Licking River goes to the Ohio eventually. I think goes goes into the Muskingum River and then to Ohio, the Ohio River. At any rate, um, I decided because I have a pole barn uh, pretty close to the uh, floodplain that I would uh, get flood insurance. And so I found out by, by getting flood insurance that um, I have Grange uh, to cover my house. But Grange doesn't write flood insurance. There's only one way you can get flood insurance, and that is through uh, the government, the federal government's uh, flood insurance program. So you, Grange will, your, your agent that handles your home insurance will uh, walk you through and, and help you get that insurance, but it, it it's not commercial anymore. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that flood, is. flood insurance, that program is now a government program. And I would, I am almost positive that is going to be the aftermath of the Katrina political fallout. hundred yeah. percent. And the, the most misrun Sure. Agency uh, ever. Bet. So there is no accountability in that now. So now you have now you have the government in charge of something. So I always say it this way. It's like if, so. So we're no, nowhere near an ocean. We're not even near Lake Erie. But my little creek, right? That caused me to get flood insurance, and I found out it's a federal insurance program. And I said, well, gosh, you know, couldn't we apply to you know Progressive Nationwide uh, if Grange does? Oh no, nobody does it. It's just the government now. So I wonder if they've actually preempted the field such that the private people can't do it. Like or, student loans. Yeah, like student. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I don't think they've quite preempted, but it's it's they've cornered the market on it and ruined it. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, it, it, this is the same thing. Brett, like you said, it's like once the government takes over, there is it's uh, there is no 
cost effectiveness going on. There is no budgeting going on. There is, there is, there, that is out of the equation. Well, so, and then there's dictates. So, so, you know, I mean, then they start telling you what you can and cannot build in a floodplain. Yeah. Because I mean, they don't insure it. Right? Exactly. And there's right. no competition you know. to tell them. That's tell, right. To so, tell you you right. can't go shopping around. You right. could self-insure, but that, you know. Yeah. That, so it's, it's this, it, it, it's, it seems so good on paper. Yeah. The government's going to insure a flood. Right. But then it's like right. the yeah. cost of running that program right. is astronomical. Therefore, the cost of insurance is astronomical. Therefore, yeah. they're not going to give you insurance for certain things because they just don't want to have to cover it. Right. Uh, or you're going to get taxed on the back end, so you're paying twice. It, it just is uh, – there's no – there's nothing good that comes of it. No. That same simpleton mindset that goes, oh, goody, goody, we've standardized – flood insurance or we've standardized student loans or we've standardized whatever it is, the, the laws pertaining to, you know, I mean, there's always somebody that wants, well, we were talking about abortion the other day. We, we want, we want a one size fits all solution for all 50 States. We're not going to allow people to shop for different laws. And I always say to those kinds of folks, well, how would you like it if the government ran all the grocery stores? So there's no Kroger, there's no Meyer, there's no um, Aldi's, there's no uh, Whole Foods. There's it, it's all gone. There's no no choice. Yeah, there's no Giant Eagle. There it just just there, there's you just go to the government um, grocery store. And every single grocery store is identical, and the prices are identical. I mean, would you be happy with that? It, 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 we we have lost the general understanding in our country of the benefits of a competitive marketplace, where we have choices about where where our money goes and who we want to buy from. And what that does to beat down pricing and increase the level of good service mm-hmm. is 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 companies vying for your dollar. Yeah, it's a, by it's competing a, against each other. That is the beauty of the marketplace. Out and, of conflict comes. Like, benefit, and the more right? the more we shovel over to the federal government and take out of the marketplace things that the marketplace used to do, and we have the the government doing it, we're just monopolizing those aspects of our economy and we're going to get what we deserve which is lousy service high prices and 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 the and little guys poor gone. product there's no mom and pops there's a great there's a, there's another story that uh, i read are we taping yeah oh cool okay. yeah this is a, this is a show <laughs> okay yeah there's a there's another story i read and that is uh is similar to what you said in a in a uh, low income part of new york city there was the corner store, the grocery store, or the market, the convenience store type thing. And the prices in the convenience store were, and the people that were in the convenience store were not local. You know, they, they came in and invested and put the store there. And they were charging a buck more, 50 cents more for a gallon of milk and 50 cents more for uh, whatever it would be. And a quarter more here, 10 cents more there. Um, but the people in the community could go there and didn't have to travel uh, and they could get what they wanted. Well, the government didn't like that. They're they're gouging. They're taking advantage of these low income people. And whether what rate didn't, I'm sure it was, whether race was part of the government's intervention or not. But it was like they're taking advantage of these poor people. 
So we're not going to let you, we're going to price fix this. We're not going to let you charge a quarter more for a gallon of milk. We're going to standardize that price. And what you're saying, Norm, is this is relevant to what you're saying. It's like there's local considerations that people, that the government cannot know about and take into consideration for all sorts of reasons once they're involved. Um, And so they, they price fixed and mandated that these people had to match the price. And they immediately all went out of business and pulled the plug and left. So now there's no grocery stores. And it wasn't that they were charging more and gouging. It was that it cost them more to get the stuff to their store because the delivery people didn't want to go to that part of town. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, uh, it was out of the way. It was dangerous. It was risky. It was crime-ridden, whatever it would be. Uh, so the delivery people were like, well, screw it. I could go deliver to Walmart here in happy suburbia, or I could come out and deliver my milk to you, and I will, but it's going to cost you a quarter more. So what did they do? They just said, all right, well, we'll just charge a quarter more. And if they didn't charge a quarter more, they couldn't stay in business, pay their employees and pay their rent and do whatever they had to do. Uh, and the government said, uh, nope, you're not allowed to do that. And immediately, the, the, the <coughs> bless you, the, bless. immediately the people who were supposed to benefit from the program, uh, the opposite occurred. You know, mm-hmm. they got screwed by the program because now they had to get on a train to go somewhere else sure. to uh, buy their milk. Sure. And uh, they didn't have the convenience of the convenience store. Um, sure, and, and I'm sure they 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 had a, a shoplifting factor they had to deal with. Sure, they had that probably had to have a security guard, security system, security guard, bars you know, in the doors, sure. whatever it is. Their insurance was higher. For, Everything's higher. Yeah, so and you know it costs more. It costs more. So they and the other thing that happened is the kids on the the kids who are looking for a job at a four, at 14 years old or 15 years old rather 16 years old couldn't get a job at that store because it didn't exist anymore. Yeah. So it, it, it's it, a vicious cycle. It just had these, all these negative repercussions. And instead they were blamed for being greedy uh, money grubbers because they wouldn't keep their store there and make no money. And we had this debate here in our studio one night and there was a young man here from Coda who had worked on Coda through the shutdowns. And, um, you know, we were, we were debating like minimum wage laws and things like that. And I just said, you know, what if I, what if I can't afford the minimum wage? What if I'm an employer and I can't afford the minimum wage? I just can't afford it. Um, so it leaves me with, with a couple of limited options. I'm probably going to have one less employee because I can't afford to pay them all. Um, or I'm not going to have any profit, which means why would I do this? And he made this comment sort of half under his breath. He goes, well, maybe at some point you just have to, you have to make less. You, you need to make less. I said, oh, I got it. Mm. And, you know, and this is where it came out. I said, how much money did, did you make full salary, full time, last eight months? And he's like, yeah. And so I made zero, man. And it was about that quiet. Right. And, he, and he looked at me. I said, no, I'm serious, man. I made zero. I paid my employees. Right. And I kept the doors open. Right. But I didn't pay myself. Well, furthermore, he's, he's working for a metropolitan transit authority. Um, he, he, he's working for a subsidized government-run bus company. And at the same time he's getting his full salary, the mechanics for, um, say, Greyhound or the mechanics for another bus company uh, where uh, they would normally be hauling school children or maybe um, a retiree group going to Branson, Missouri, or uh, a, a high school load going to Cedar Point. Those bus companies were not allowed to be in business because they couldn't social distance. 
you know. Right, uh, so they're done. So yeah. they're done. Those mechanics were earning, earning nothing. Meanwhile, the Coda buses are running around with basically nobody on board. Paying full it's, freight. It's, it's, it's full freight. And, 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 and or maybe the, paid to stay home. Well, and the voters of the greater Columbus area seem to be under the delusion that if they keep voting for, for Coda levies, that that's going to take more cars off the road and their commute to work will be uh, easier. And they've, they've been selling that lie here in, in the Columbus area for a long time. Yeah, it's just not the it's case. It's just not the case. Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not the case. Yeah. And COTA has these ridership st- statistics that are also bogus. So they count each time. So the same person that has a pass to use a COTA bus, you know, uh, that uses it every day uh, to go from, I don't know, from, uh, say, uh, in, in somewhere downtown, a, a neighborhood downtown, uh, Bexley or or Whitehall or the the near near east side or short north, and maybe they have a job up at um, Polaris uh, or something, and so they're 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 and they've decided I don't want to own a car. God bless them. They got a code of pass, all, all in favor, and, and that's wonderful for them. But they'll count that one individual who's doing a ride maybe 250 times back and forth, uh, um, uh, they'll count that. So 250 times to work, 250 times back home from work, they'll say that they had 500 people riding Coda. They count that one rider. Each time that rider rides, they call that a rider. So that one person in their stats is counted as 500 people. Yeah. I mean, it's just... So this is a it's basic. Just, it's, it's out of control. I mean, so so people look at that and they go, "Oh my God, millions of people are riding Coda." Right. It's like, dude, it pass the work, bong, right. pass the bong. You're being deceived. It's just this that's is, that's grant writing one hundred and one is right. to puff up your numbers, make it look to the feds or whoever is dispensing the money for mass transit. Um, make it look like, you know, you're, you're, you're just got gangbusters going on here. And, and, and all of us know, if you just look at a bus, even at basically rush hour, they're, all, they're empty. These things are running they, around. They, there, there's maybe five people on board. Don't pay attention 40 to 40 passenger we have 500 bus. riders. <laughs> and, and this is, I, I, maybe it's my, the, the, there's some component of this that is a legal education. There's some component of this that's just uh, human logic. And there's some component of it is I, I had a class. I don't know if it was high school, college, or wherever, but I think it was either high school or college. And it was on, um, it might have been a logic class or something. And it was probably some college class that was designed to meet my math requirement that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten, right? So it's like math for dummies. Yeah. Um, but it was like, lo- it was logic. Yeah. And we had a little discussion. It was just, I think, one or two lectures. And the guy was talking to us about how statistics lie and how you can make statistics lie. And there's, there's a dozens of ways but it always starts with a definitional structure of terms. So when you hear about COVID deaths, I always ask, I wonder how they define COVID death. And people look at me like, uh, and I said, no, 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 really. What is a COVID death? Is it a death that, like, did you uh, die within a day of having COVID? Ten day, what about after you recovered? Is, did they, are they counting a death after recovery within 30 days, 60, 90? I don't know. Yeah. Or did I die also of like five other things at the same time? Is that a COVID death? Right. And I don't care how they're counting it. I just want to know. Because if you don't know how they're defining COVID death, you don't know what a COVID death is. No. And then the stats are meaningless. 
Um, if you don't know what a rider is, then you cannot have any conceptual understanding of what it means to have 500 riders. You know, it, it just is. It, well, when we were talking about subsidies and so I have, I happen to have uh, some family in the medical care business or, you know, uh, profession. And uh, they told me that under, in no uncertain terms that uh, the remuneration back from um, uh, the government for a COVID death, if you coded a patient dying from COVID, the remuneration, the, the stipend that you would get from the government um, to support the care was much higher mm-hmm. than if it would, would be Alzheimer's or a heart attack or a sure. car accident. And so you had a built-in incentive okay, to make the problem appear bigger because you got paid more. And, and, that, and that's concerning because historically, when we look back at this 20 years from now, yeah. we're not going to learn a damn thing. Nothing. Because the numbers are wrong. It, it is, it's fascinating that it's going on right in front of everybody. The information is out there. Like you can dig in, like if you really dig in and dig into death certificates and medical records and such, the information is there. It's very difficult to do. I mean, it's hard well, the, work. De- the death certificates, let me get to that. Okay. Yeah, because so some, right. of my, some, some of my relatives yeah. happen to be physicians and, and, um, in, in, in cases of even their own family members who died of, um, in, in one case, Alzheimer's, it, that particular, uh, patient and, and family member, um, also had COVID at the time. So okay. COVID death. But he, he or she, because I don't want to in any way have this rebound on my relative, uh, so I'll say he or she. He or she, um, for sure, died of Alzheimer's, uh, did not die of the symptoms of COVID. And when they were um, asked, given the death certificate, uh, cause of death was listed as COVID, and they threw they threw it an incredible fit over that because they knew what took their relative into hospice, what took their relative into the ER, and what took the relative you know to heaven, and the, I mean they know that and they know it as a matter of medical fact, and yet their that particular person's death was coded as a COVID related death. And that shortchanges yeah. Alzheimer's research. Absolutely. It shortchanges so much. It, it's like That's you ridiculous. cannot do it. And it all started with dumb policy to shut down the hospitals. Like, hey, you got to clear out the hospitals. No elective procedures. No uh, this, no right. that, no the other. Well, guess what's happening? Hospitals are going broke. Right? They don't have any money right. coming in. Well, we're going to fix that for you. Anything that's COVID, we'll just pay a double. Right. Uh, so we'll make up for it. And all right, that sounds awesome. Except now we get into these problems. Right. So now people are dying of COVID that weren't dying of COVID. You try to make policy based on the number of deaths of COVID, and you don't know that number. Right. Uh, and that's the that's the problem. And it's not to belittle the danger of COVID. It's not to belittle the uh, any of that. But it is to say, if you're not certain of what the definitional structure is, right, then you can't rely on it for any good policy. You're building a house on sand. I mean, it, it just doesn't sure. it doesn't exist. And well, we can't even have we can't even have a scientific discussion about causes of death because it's been skewed by the reimbur- reimbursement uh, schedule uh, the, right. uh, by the government. Yeah, and so so we've incentivized doctors and 
hospital administrators, and the entire industry knows that they'll get more money if they call it a COVID death. And if they don't call it a COVID death, they're not getting it. It's like they go broke. They, right. they lose their money. And, and so, hospitals can't plan for the next round of surge of whatever it is. I mean, it, it, it doesn't even have to be pandemic. It could be a wipeout of a complete state because of tornado. Let's put it that way. If, if, I mean, yes, yeah. no, you're exactly right. And, and the, I, I always you try can't to plan for, for it now. Like all three of us here own businesses and run them for our livelihoods. And can you imagine if the government ran our business and somebody just came in and took over and said, you're, we're, Brett, we're your Circle 270 Media. We're just going to run that for you. Can you imagine all the stuff that the person they instill in that position wouldn't know? Like, yeah, like right. wouldn't know. Right. Like, where do you get your pencils? Where do you buy your microphones? Oh, wait a minute. I can where take care get... of that for you. You buy it from us now. Right. right. No, That's we'll, what we'll it's going to be. Because, yeah. And, and all right, so we screwed that up. We'll just give you a little bit extra money here. We'll give you a tax break so we can just buy our pencils here. And then the guy's like, well, look, you're going to sell pencils at that price. I'll do that too. It's like it, the, the aftershocks of that are enormous. Enormous. And that's even, that's presuming no corruption. So I was, <laughs> I was talking to people who actually track causes of death. Um, I was talking to a researcher. Um, my, my son is, uh, one of my sons uh, has a master's in bioinformatics and uh, and they they amalgamate research so that doctors at the patient's bedside have real time tools uh, to use on whatever it is kidney cancer or, or or whatever and they can they can enter in all of the um, factors of that particular patient and get back treatment regimes that fit that particular age race. Um, gender, et cetera. So at any rate, um, he, he was telling me that uh, he introduced me to somebody who does, um, who does that kind of work, tracks causes of death, and not, not, you know, not surprisingly, uh, there's been a slight dip in causes of death across a whole spectrum of other things. Because we're coding those people who contemporaneously happened to have COVID but didn't die of it. We're calling those COVID-related deaths. So, you know, like heart attacks kind of took a dip and flu deaths took a dip and all kinds of other, you know, pneumonia took a dip and all these kinds of things uh, sort of are better right now. But they're not better. Right, they're it's not. They're, they're, they're not better. The, those, How those, can they, they be? Can't, they can't be That's better. Impossible. Likely worse. So, so what? What if, I, yeah. I heard, I, I heard a polemicist say the other day that if if we ever get to the point where we have vaccines that really drill down and really do a job on uh, on COVID and all the mutations and all the variants, that it'll be really funny because what 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 there will be is a sudden spike in deaths from. All the other Flu things that and, we had previously yeah. called COVID deaths, wow. they're going to go. They're going to jack right, right back it's up. It's going to be a quick spike. And people are going to go, "Oh my gosh, look at that!" Because you know they always get cause and effect messed up. You know they they think coincidence equals causation, and so they're going to look at that and go, "Well, one good thing about COVID is it really, hey, it really helped people with heart disease and and they flu deaths. So they were really down during the right. COVID. <laughs> Gee, you it, know maybe." 
maybe COVID is a good treatment for and this. It short changes. <laughs> it short changes the real scientific study yeah. of how COVID interacts right. with heart disease right. and cancer exactly. and Alzheimer's, all the other things, and all the other stuff. And and the opposite is also true. It short changes. It, like what when people go back and look at uh, not the opposite, but the other thing. It, it, when people go back and look at the statistics of this. Uh, as you said, Brett, they have to do it with a skewed viewpoint on what they're looking at. It's not they, we don't have good data points, as Jay would say. We don't have good data points, and if you don't have good data points, you can't make any conclusions that are that are real. And what we're doing in the name of policy and politics is to and frankly, and the misname the misnomer of science is screwing up the science completely. Yeah, um, right. we're attributing a single. Uh, another of my favorite quotes I've read is that rarely is any one outcome the product of a single cause. And we're attributing a single outcome to a single cause. Death, COVID, death, COVID, right. death, COVID. Right. And the, the, the complexities are lost and therefore not studied and therefore no data to look back and say, right. uh, boy, look at that trend. We better do something legitimate well, here. Well, and we've also changed the the, the, the how we say it. I mean, when that, when that first started off, we heard the phrase death caused by complications from COVID. Well, that seemed to be too hard for us to continue to say. Right. Now it's death by COVID. No, it's complications from the sure. COVID pandemic. Right. We, we just we just got rid of that phrase completely. Right. Well, And, and that's what it is. We're what, dying from the complications caused by COVID in your body. Well, at the end of the day, the reason why they often list cause of death as heart failure is because, you know, like that's the final domino that went boom. Right. But leading up to that, the guy was overweight. He he had diabetes. He Asthma he, possibly. He had, and, you know, and just a million COVID, other things. COVID kicked him closer to it. And then, you know, the final thing is his heart right. stopped. Right. So you write it up. Okay, his you know, his heart stopped. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my buddy used to say in college, a good friend of mine, one of the, he's a Mensa guy, actually one of the smartest guys you would know. And, uh, but very practical too. And there, we were reading one time uh, about a hangover pill. So you take a, you take a pill and it cures your hangover. And he just sort of flippantly said, I wonder what the directions say on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Please consume two pills with one gallon of water. Right. You know, right. Because, because you can say it's a pill all you want, but really what it is, you're dehydrated and you need to drink a bunch of water. And you can't really drink a bunch of water because your body won't absorb the water because you're, it's a hang. You know, it's like there's all these comp, there's something far more comp. So we're going to trick you into taking a pill so you drink some water. Yeah. But right. you got to drink a lot with well, it. Well, take the hangover pill before you. <laughs> Get hungover, maybe, you right, know, and yeah. then you, oh gosh, then I won't get one. Brought you by, play, <laughs> brought you by play, SIBO pharmaceuticals. Right, right. yeah. So, Jeez. it just is, uh, <laughs> it was such a telling, eye opening viewpoint on that kind of stuff. It's do, like, you, do, do you guys want to, um, do you guys want to talk about Fauci and uh, Rand Paul and, and that, that revelation that happened yesterday? Yeah, let's hit that real quick. And then, because uh, that, that, that's truly amazing. I mean, there are people now calling for a criminal investigation of Fauci. I mean, it's gone beyond, you know, hey, you fibbed to Congress to, dude. Yeah, uh, you, you were you were under a a presidential order not to do this research under the Obama, and then that was continued in the Trump presidency. You you can't fund this kind of research over at all with uh, uh, with uh, with the uh, federal funds, and through a series of shell grantees, 
uh, he funneled. I mean, it's 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 out now. He he funneled money to uh, the Wuhan um, uh, University uh, lab, uh, if not even the Wuhan vi- virology lab. Uh, the, the couple, two different grantees in Wuhan, uh, but uh, it, it, now the paper trail is absolutely clear sure. that he did that funding. So let me bridge the gap. So what we we're just there's a good bridge here from what we we're just talking about to that because what happens is. The government says you're not allowed to do X, Y, Z, and they define those terms or they create what are perceived definitions of those terms. So the government's not allowed to fund and you're not allowed to engage in gain of function research, meaning you're not allowed to tinker with uh, viruses and uh, add things like a spike protein to a coronavirus. Um, you're not. Uh, yeah, so- I mean, it's as dangerous as Norm building an electron accelerator laboratory out there on my farm. I mean, this is something that could kill a lot of people. And golly jeepers, it did, didn't it? It gets out and it's really dangerous. So you're not allowed to do that. And all right, so the people on the other side say, well, we're not allowed to do it, but we can create another entity over here and just shift everything over. Now, when they say shift everything over, they don't mean moving. They don't even mean anything other than just changing the name of what they're doing. And they do it right there under this entity. And then they're going to have that entity only do this part of it. And then they're going to shift it over to another entity who does another part of it. And by the time they get to the end of it, they can say, no, I am not personally involved in any gain of function research. And that's essentially, now I've oversimplified it, but that's essentially what Fauci was saying when Rand Paul was going after him. And Rand Paul's a lawyer. Uh, or no, he's a doc, and uh, yeah. is he also an he's attorney? A ph- he's a physician. No, I don't believe he's an attorney, no. I thought he was, but but he he saw right through this. He was just like, wait, this You're is a sham. You're thinking of Charles Krauthammer, maybe, or somebody or, like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, but it was a sham. And, and he's like, this is, a, this is a total sham. How can you say this? And Doc's like, oh, I'm not, no. And he's stuck by his guns. It's yeah. sort of like, uh, uh, what is sex? You know, is it fellatio, or is it only intercourse? You know, and, and all of a sudden- Definitions well, we matter. Need, we need Bill Clinton to That's clarify right. that. So definitions matter. And definitions that's the bridge. Matter. So you start with a definition of terms and then you operate from there. Absolutely. And right. we had a definition of terms like gain of function research. You're not allowed to do it. Right. In fact, says I'm not doing it. Oh, well, wait a minute. What's all this stuff? Well, I'm not doing that. Yeah, but your name's on it, but I'm not doing it. Like, gain, this is not gain-of-function research because he's redefined what gain-of-function research is or redefined who he is right. or redefined what the entity is. Right. And he's still doing it. As, as we all know it to be. Right. Um, he did an end run and he just, on President Obama's ban of that research. Sure. Because and, even Obama, you know, even Obama knew how dangerous this was. And here's where I don't buy it. You can't tell me that we've got Dr. Fauci and company and federally funded labs uh, going back and forth to China. It's outrageous. Working on this stuff. And the government didn't know. You can't right. tell me that Obama didn't know, that Trump didn't know, that these people didn't know, or didn't have something in their uh, chain of command to have constructive knowledge of this. Dude, it is so outrageous. This is it's like- a conspiracy amongst well, all of them. Well, this is, like, this is like the British and the Germans getting together before World War I, okay, and saying, hey, you know what? Um, in the next war, we're probably going to use mustard gas. So I'll tell you what, the, the British people would like to fund research at a German laboratory into mustard gas, and then we'll share the results of that research so that when we all get together and, and try to blow up the world, we'll all have really high-quality mustard gas to yeah. kill each other. It's, what, it's, what are we doing in China with that kind of super dangerous viral 
weaponry. It is. It it is trying in, to figure out how to make it even more deadly and even more. Um, it's incomprehensible. It's incomprehensible because the Red Chinese Army runs all that. It is the Chinese. The, 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 it's a one-party state. It's almost. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's almost hard to get your head around. It's hard to get your head around, and with, nobody's with, mad about it. But conservative people, and I mean, is, it's like it makes my head blow up. I, and I, I think everybody would be mad about it. Where's the they, anti-war lobby? I think everybody would be mad about it, but they feel like if they get mad about that, then it's inconsistent with some other position they've taken along the way. Right. Fair enough. True. True. Um, but I got to tell you, this is a bombshell. Our government was spending money to create the co- coronavirus or COVID nineteen and others in concert with, with the Red Chinese, with the number one enemy on the planet to the United States of America. And, and, this, is, and this is with through Obama and Trump administration. Yes, and, yes, yeah. And they wow. both had, they both had a ban on gain of function research. Yeah, and 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 Fauci outsourced. It. How's it not on Nightline? Yeah, right. How's it not on every news network? Yeah. I mean, it is. It is insane to me. So now when people see it, now when people hear us talk about this, they think it's peripheral conspiracy theory stuff because it's not getting reported. But it is true. This has happened. There's a lot of conspiracy stuff I like to kick around too, but this is true stuff. I mean, we were doing it and it wasn't even, this shouldn't even be a surprise. I think we probably sat at this table and say, there is no way that we weren't involved in this somehow. We got Americans in Chinese labs working on viruses with bats and all of a sudden we didn't know that this was going on. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd on its face. Yeah. But, you know, they piss down your neck and tell you it's raining. It's, right. You yeah. know, it's like, no, we weren't doing this. And Fauci gets under oath and does it. Um, How's he not immediately fired by President Biden is beyond me. Or, I mean, he needs to fire him today. I, I think Trump should have fired that guy. I Absolutely. think Obama should have fired that guy. So now here's a, Trump here's, should have fired a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the guy the guy had a show about firing people. Sure. He's and and it. it's like, dude. Well, that leads to the question. Why didn't why it didn't happen he, right. then? So right. I, I if think both of them. Obama, smart guy. Trump, a smart guy. Well, Trump. Own right, I mean, seriously. Trump's a germaphobe. He's a he's a known. He's a. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, okay. it, it's it's so if you read anything about Donald Trump and his personal life, he is a germaphobe. He is afraid of germs. Um, I mean, he's afraid of a lot of things and, and God bless him. Like he's never, he doesn't drink, doesn't use drugs. You know, he had a brother that died of alcoholism. Yeah, I've seen that So, story. I mean, the, yeah, there's some nice qualities about, you know, his lifestyle. Uh, but it, <laughs> he likes McDonald's, it, go figure. So he eats terribly, but I mean, he, he's, he's, he's healthy like a horse. It, but, it's funny that, that. But he's a germaphobe. And I think that's how Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci played him. They played that guy. They got him to mm. shut down the economy in February of 2020, and basically and basically ruin his chances for reelection along the way, because they freaked him out that maybe a third of all of America Would was die. gonna was gonna die of this yeah. thing, and 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 he's like, oh my God, you're telling me like one out of three people could possibly die? Well, yeah, I guess we got to flatten the curve. We I guess we got to, we got to do a couple of weeks of nobody going anywhere. And it was, and then it just kept going. It, it's it 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 is the quintessential apex of government corruption, and to have, and by that I mean it's like Fauci's making millions. These labs are making millions. These people are motivated by my, my big three, money, power, ego, right? So, right. And they're all interrelated. Well, and do you remember back then that Fauci 
when it was immediately expressed, mainly by conservative media, because I, I, obviously everything's Trump's fault. I mean, the, the media was so one-sided. I mean, I, I don't know if people can remember how those press conferences with people like Jim Acosta were, how disrespectful he was to the president of the United States yep. compared to how Biden is being treated now. Yep. But at any rate, Fauci was asked straight up, dude, do we have anything to do with this? I mean, because we know there's federal dollars. We're we're doing above. I mean, we're doing known research, things that were not prevented by federal uh, uh, by uh, presidential orders. There were things above, above on the table that we were doing in concert with Chinese uh, researchers. So they naturally the 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 question was asked of Fauci, and he said there is no question that it did not come from the lab. Yep. I mean, he he just was knee-jerk reaction. Definitively it, knee-jerk, yes. Just, just without any, it, there had been no forensic examination. There had been no special commission. There had been no real scientific analysis yet. This was early and on. Everybody and he now. was definitive. It could not have come from that lab. Well, golly jeepers, he was covering his tracks. Yeah, and it's... Uh, He's been lying for a year. It's... A year and a half. The the lies and denies and the responsibility and the lot on top of that, all the individual lives, businesses, uh, financial uh, impact, ruin, ruin. Right. They, yeah. So many people have been ruined as a result of this. Yeah. And you know, I can say this: you can blame Fauci all you want, but I blame something bigger. I I blame the broad swath of government trying to do everything it doesn't work right so now we have the cdc dictating rental policy we have the cdc exploring guns and, and whether yeah. there's gun crime yeah. it's like the they have no business doing no. this stuff and well they don't know how to do it and i would never yeah. i love doctors when i need them i go yeah i would never put a doctor in charge of the economic policy of this country no ever no ever why and right. if you're in charge of, of a multifaceted organization and i can't we all run businesses, and to some extent, they're multifaceted. Right. It's like the last person you want is somebody specialized in only one thing because their one thing impacts the other thing, which impacts the other thing, which impacts the other thing, and the other thing, and the other thing. And if the one is taking total control over that, then they have no care. Like, ask a doctor. First, do no harm. All right, let's shut everybody down, keep them inside, they'll never get sick. Right. All right. Ask a cop, how do you get rid of crime? Well, it's really easy. You just kill everybody that's committing a crime. <laughs> You know, or you just get really draconian. So if you litter, you go to prison. Well, guess what? Littering will stop right? Right. at a price, at a consequence that you don't want, but you could stop it. Well, that was Rudy's a whole thing in New York City with the graffiti. If if a neighborhood had graffiti, okay, the city went in there and immediately obliterated the graffiti because it it's it's like a um, it's like a a foreshadowing of things to come. Mm -hmm. So if you repair all the broken windows and you, and you continue to keep up on that and you re, and you get down the, you know, get the graffiti and you get the trash taken out on a regular basis. And that starts to lend um, a, a sort of attitude in that neighborhood. Oh, the city, the city's watching what's going on here. Right. Uh, the, 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 and crime went down. Take a little responsibility on what's going on here. And, yeah. and yeah, and that was Rudy's whole thing. It was like, we, you can't tolerate the first crime because once, once people see they can get away with that, 
well, let's push the envelope. Let's, sure. Let, you know, I'll but try the, shoplifting. Now. But like anything, there's a logical extension to that that's not good. And that's why you don't take one particular viewpoint and ram it all the way to the end game. There needs to, It's a multifaceted set of yeah, problems. Right. And, you know, ask the Nazis and the fascists um, how they dealt with criminal behavior. They just killed the people committing crimes, and then you could end crime. You could just sure, say, right. we're going to kill all the criminals. Right. We're going to shove everybody into concentration camps. Right. Then there won't be any more crime. There's no more yeah. crime. It's easy. You can get rid of crime. <laughs> right. You just uh, you, Now the government's the criminal Yeah, and, because but, it's killing everybody. Right. right. But it's all how you define the crime. Big, big so. brother. And generations and, after do not forget. Well, and you know, how we got here is so unbelievable that even conservative commentators now will say crazy things like, gosh, you know, like they'll be discussing Biden, what a disaster Biden is. And you'll hear some guy or some gal on TV or, or the radio say something like, Biden is, is, is uh, you know, he's, he's, he has dementia and he can't run the, the country. And I keep thinking, whoa, dude, if you're a conservative – for the president doesn't run the country. You shouldn't be doing anything, or very little anyway. No. So like when Obama was running against McCain, I made up my own little billboard and taped it to the tailgate of my Bronco just to just because I needed to shout this out somehow. The president does not run the economy. You know, I got so sick of hearing people, you know, in these presidential debates. You know, the, the really brilliant, you know, questioners that they pick from the networks are asking these questions. Well, when you run the economy, it's like, wow, how did we get to this? Yeah. Where we have the attitude now, even amongst conservatives, that the president runs, that we have a command economy. Wow, how did we get here? Insane. It's utterly insane. That, that's crazy. We should not have everything so regulated, so... We shouldn't be so top-down. We shouldn't be so, your word, draconian. The The market needs to be liberated and free, and that's what we saw the beginnings of under Reagan and Trump uh, and Newt Gingrich and, and the, the people that were trying to free the economy and let business people and entrepreneurs and private, uh, regular you know, neighborhood people invest figure out what they want to do with their lives with as little government oppression on them as possible. Yep. That should be the goal. And then the president doesn't run squat. He can run the, the interstate highways, and he can run the military, and he can run foreign policy, and more or less get the hell out of our hair, man. Well, we got an instruction sheet. You know, it's called the Constitution. The Constitution. <laughs> it just, yeah. just read the Article One, Two, Three. It'll tell you exactly what everybody can do. But yeah. uh, mm. well, look, we got to wrap it up with that. Okay. We've been at this a while. It has been another riveting episode of Lawyer Talk. We had Norm today, uh, Brett from Circle Two Seventy Media. Let's um, say something about Jared. Well, I'm going to go back. We're going to do. It. We'll record. An You're going to do your own thing. Yeah, we'll do an introduction. So what I'll okay. do is I'll say something about Jared, and then I'll do a. Um, okay. I'll put that back. In you the can beginning. edit this out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, let me just start, let me finish that up then. All right, so that has been another riveting episode of Lawyer Talk Off the Record. Uh, Norm, thanks for filling in. Hopefully you can get back and, uh, and, and join us again on behalf, or even when Jared joins us back. Uh, we can get you back here at the roundtable, and uh, until then, filling in. Brett with Circle 270 Media jumping, uh, jumping in Jared's normal chair today. Uh, a lot of good questions from the Blitz, and a lot of good stuff happening here at the studio. We got uh, Brett was in here with uh, uh, the C-Bus crew, Heartland Bank, yesterday mm -hmm. uh, recording. Uh, we got uh, another good accounting firm coming in here soon to start their podcast. You guys want a podcast? 
we got podcast to offer. Give us a shout. Uh, look us up, channel511.com. You can reach out to Brett at Circle 270 Media. He's our podcast guru. And as always, you can uh, submit a question if you have one to lawyertalkpodcast.com. That's lawyertalkpodcast.com. If you want some direct legal advice, guess what? I still do that at Yavich and Palmer. And here's a good idea. Put this number in your phone right now. Ohio State is back in session. Football is happening. The stadium is packed. Lots of good reasons to get in trouble. And one easy way to get out of trouble, 614-224-6142. If you put that in your phone now, you won't have to look it up when you're sitting in the back of a cruiser. You won't have to look it up when there's lights in your rearview mirror. You can just hit send, and get, and they will find me. I don't drink. I don't do anything fun anymore. I'll be in my bed, and I'll wake up when I hear the call, and I'll give you the legal advice you need. Uh, so and, until the next time, which is hopefully next Wednesday, uh, this has been Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air, at least until now.